Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Out of Odds, a podcast from Building 28 Church. Welcome back to our final installment of discussing Rhett's deconstruction here, trying to learn from it, um, almost pretend like this is a real conversation with somebody that we respect and understand where he's coming from. And today we're going to get to a lot of his emotional objections and he asks a few questions we're going to break down and they're fair questions, I think. He said he opens it up as their questions he never wanted to ask himself. Yes. And we're going to ask them today and I try to wanna, answer them. I also want to be clear as somebody who like falls more in the intellectual cerebral camp and therefore can see emotion as negative. Having emotional questions is not bad. Like God no, has given us they're those. They're fair questions. And, and asking the question like emotionally around the subject of God's judgment and hell is a very legitimate question that should be asked. And if it's not real, why the heck would you believe in this? Like, Agreed. Like don't, you know, and so... But just because you don't want to believe in it doesn't invalidate it either. And so I, I want to be clear, though, that, hey, having these emotional feelings about Christianity or about how Christians act or how Christians seem to not live according consistently to their confession, mm-hmm. those are all like very legitimate things. So we're going to watch a clip where he asks four questions. We're going to pause it and answer those questions. Um but before we get there, there were a couple things that came out through the video. And if a lot of people have watched the video before watching this, um, or at least in parts, one of the things that's interesting is after Rhett deconstructed, his wife, Link, his partner on this show, his partner's wife, all follow and deconstruct. And to me, that is an indication that there are leaders, there are people that we look to, there are communities that we are in that we respect their opinions and when their opinions change, our opinions can change. And to me, that is part of this deconstruction process that shows that a lot of it does have to do with emotion and what you think you're understanding. And if they're willing to take a leap of faith, so am I. And it's not all that different from religion. Well, it's communal evangelism, which is what it's the best way that Christianity has kind of like moved forward is through communal evangelism. Everyone's kind of doing it. I mean, that's, that's been the question. I find for, it very interesting for Rhett or Link or anybody else for that matter is, you know, why would you want to convert somebody to nothing this, to nothingness? I mean, unless, I mean, the argument is because it's true. Maybe. Exactly. I think that is the only, argument. but you can't even say it's true. If you have the absence of certainty now, like if you're not pursuing right. truth or certainty, really you're converting them to truly nothingness. Um, but that it, look, it just goes back to last episode. We talked about the importance of community Christian wise. It's important in all realms. Like, I mean, we do this, this human life in conjunction with others to varying degrees. All right. Let's get to these questions here. A few more questions that I'd always been afraid to ask myself. I'm going to read these because I wrote them down. These are just a few of the questions I'd always avoided. If I don't have to believe that God ordered his chosen people to slaughter men, women, and children by the thousands, then why would I? All right. So I want to be sensitive. I've, I've, I've harnessed my snark for all these episodes. I don't know what his basis of truth is, but I think, I, I guessed in episode one that his ultimate reality is science. That's what it seems like. Mm-hmm. That... 
Science does not tell us that's wrong. It's true. No, it doesn't. The marginally acceptable argument of a moral lawgiver would tell him that's wrong, though. That's what he would say. But he's saying that's inconclusive. Well, especially if the marginal, marginally convincing argument that there is a moral lawgiver, then he would be the one to say whether or and not something people could right think I'm like trying to avoid the question of of the Canaanites being slaughtered right. by the Israelites. I'm not trying to avoid that at all. That's in the Old Testament. I will say that it's. Uh, I don't think there's enough exploration around the actual dictates of God to his people concerning that. There was a warning that would go out to the women and children to evacuate the city, to leave that city. Uh, there were there were certain laws of just war that did go into that. Okay, so uh, but but the at the end of the day, one of the major indictments that skeptics bring against Christianity is the barbarism of the Old Testament specifically God-ordained or ordered barbarism. And I always conclude, and I think it's very rational and consistent intellectually, you cannot have a moral problem with that if morality is simply what you decide it to be. Like, you just can't. Like, if, if, if I say I, I don't believe in God anymore, therefore I don't believe in ultimate reality, ultimate morality— I can't even have a problem with Christians believing. I really can't consistently have a problem with that. Now, now we would have a problem with that as Christians, or we would have to wrestle through that because we have a system of morality from a lawgiver who says that's wrong. And so we need to be able to answer those questions. Also, and I've already touched on this, just because I don't want to believe, or maybe I can't answer a question of how all this fits together, that this is, this seems a contradiction of God's moral rightness that doesn't invalidate reality. It, it just doesn't. Um, the same is going to be true as we kind of go through these questions, but saying, I don't have to, you don't have to believe anything. You don't have to believe in the laws of nature or science, um, you know, but that doesn't invalidate if something is a reality. It doesn't make it a reality either, but it doesn't invalidate it. And I think that we all, Again, it stems from us believing that God is the lawgiver, right? And he is truth and just, and he is who decides what's right and wrong, right? So that, that is what we believe. And I think if we brought it to our level, the Parkland shooting case in South Florida, death penalty yeah. case, went to trial, jury gives life, not death. People are outraged. The victim's families are outraged. If we have the death penalty, that seems like a, a case where it should be the death penalty. Yeah. I'll, if you listen to the jurors, somewhere between nine and 11 of the 12 jurors were going to vote for death. So they made the decision with their moral compass and based on the evidence and the law that he deserved to die and one yeah. individual person for what he did. If you believe that God is determining what's right and wrong, as hard as it may be because we don't understand or we don't see or whatever, that is the decision he's making equivalent to ours, which we think is okay for a jury to make that decision based on the death penalty or whether it's war. We make those decisions still based on our moral compass, but we're looking and saying God did that wrong or shouldn't have done that. And I understand those arguments. I understand why it's hard. I'm just trying sure. to to understand kind of in a way that we do think that we can make that decision sometimes too, as long as somebody's bad enough and, and we feel like wronged us enough or our community or our yeah. society, but we don't necessarily look at God and his holiness in the same way and being wronged or, you know, what whatever is in that definition of this is right and wrong. And I, I think that it's easy for us to understand it in our subjective understanding here on earth. 
I think that uh, so a lot of the conversations I've been having lately are around the reality of here we are in the finite. And this this goes for not just God, but I've had conversations about multiverse or the universe or reality being bigger than us or that we can only glimpse little pieces of reality. Uh, and we all acknowledge that. Once again, whether you have faith or don't, Christian or non-Christian, we all acknowledge that we're only getting parts of the picture and that we are finite. We don't have a complete picture of even of even science itself, going back to episode one, or of, of how things work or how systems work. We're, we're discovering new information all the time. And so I don't think it's at all for a person of any faith um, I don't think it's a cop out at all to say that that God, that here we are, we exist in this realm, in this sphere, which is true, obviously, uh, we're, we're captives to chronology and time and, and decay, and God does not, if he is, he does not exist in that. And so what we're doing is we're trying to utilize the minds that we're claiming he gave us to figure him out. But yet at the end of the day, we do have to tap out at a certain point and say, and I think too many Christians tap out way too early and they don't go far enough in, in their exploration. But there does come a point where I go, I cannot, if God is, I cannot understand all the ways of God this here in this, in this time and place. But just because I can't understand them or can't understand how he's just and yet ordered the massacre of civilizations with laws around that. Once again, that does not make the the reality a non-reality. Like we can't say that about anything. Just because I don't get it, just because I can't wrap my mind around, just because I don't understand, just because it doesn't feel right to me. There are things I wish were not true, but that doesn't make them untrue. Right. And we'll we'll hit more on that with yeah. some of these other questions. If I don't want to believe that every religious experience of any person who is not a Christian is ultimately illegitimate, then why would I? So there's a difference between, okay, the, even Rhett has kind of touched on this and we've talked, touched on it as well. There's a different, there's different degrees of legitimacy. Like uh, my kids at Christmas have a very legitimate experience with the Christmas spirit and with Santa and with, the, there's a legitimacy to that. Okay that doesn't rise to the point of legitimacy of their relationship with me, for example. Okay. Let's just say it that way. So what Rhett is saying is, and we would, we would agree that his, his relationship with Jesus or his Christianity was legitimate in one sense. It was legitimate for him. He really was devoted to this, the, the experience of a Buddhist or an, a Muslim or whoever, um, psychic or whatever, like that, there's a, there's a legitimacy to that, their feelings, their, uh, the way their mind is working there. But there's a more profound legitimacy to something that is more substantive. Like there, there's there's more legitimacy to certain things than others. We don't have, I don't I don't have time to like dissect all that. There's there's certain things we could we could use this in any realm. There's certain things that are more legitimate than others. And so to say that that the experience of um, somebody in Confucianism is illegitimate. I understand how that's rude and insensitive. Like it is legitimate. It's giving them peace. It's bringing them a calm. It's, but what we are saying in Christianity and really quite honestly, whatever religion is saying, and I, I would argue what he's saying, but from the opposite perspective, um, that you can't be certain. And so there's a certainty around not being certain is what we're saying though, is it's more than just an experience. It's more than, which is real. It's legitimate, my experience on anything, but it's more than that. There is a higher reality, a person, God himself, who has revealed himself to us. And if that is true, then absolutely, then it invalidates on an absolute level, 
all other religious systems or spiritual constructs that exist. And how about this? Yeah. All other religions would say the same thing to us. Absolutely. Like that, that's okay for you to think that an illegitimate is like a weird way to make it sound mean and bad. But I think what they, I think a better thing is a lot of us, a lot of people that have religious beliefs believe in absolute truth and they believe that their religion points to the absolute truth. Therefore, ipso facto, a different religion does not point to the absolute truth. Right. So, I mean, that that's basically what he's saying. And that's okay. And we I have think, those I think disagreements. I think he's saying, hey, if it helps you sleep at night and keeps you being a good person. Right. Then that's legitimate. Right. And I would agree in that sense. Like it's, sure. it has a certain degree of legitimacy there. Right. But it's not getting you to heaven. If we're talking we're about talking an about. ultimate salvific legitimacy, that's what we believe. That yes, that that historic Christianity has proposed and and continues to promulgate. Then there's a very there's a, there's a vast difference between that level of legitimacy and absolution, and just the legitimacy of my experience and how it, how it makes me feel or whatever. And so, and I think he's I think if he was being really honest. And maybe, maybe he, maybe, maybe I'm wrong because he's saying, I don't care about certainty, but if he's relatively certain that they're, that Christianity is not true and that Islam is not true and that, then what he's saying is that all of our experiences are not fully, absolutely legitimate either. Like that he basically saying none of these that's religious true. experiences yeah. are legitimate. Like so fully, he's saying, yeah, that's true. He's saying none, none, of, them none of them are really that's legitimate. True. Yeah, I didn't even it's, think it about sounds it that way. palatable and it sounds like yeah. nice that, oh, I don't want to say that your experience, but you are saying that if Christianity isn't true and Islam's just not spent true, and Buddhism's not minutes true, telling me why it's illegitimate. none of it's like really true. Right. Or at least we can't be certain if it is. And so um, it kind of, once again, it starts to unravel mm -hmm. intellectually. Mm -hmm. If I don't have to believe that anyone who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, i.e. the majority of people who have ever lived, are going to spend eternity being literally tortured in a fire, experiencing never-ending pain and suffering, then why, no pun intended, in the hell would I believe that? This kind of goes with the next question, so. Yeah. And if I can somehow accept the idea that hell exists because of God's holiness, why would I believe in a God who would choose to create that particular world where people have no choice whether or not they're going to be born, but then once they are born, if they don't adopt the correct understanding of God, he will punish them forever. Why believe in that God if I don't have to? I think this is a straw man. I think this one more than a lot of them is a straw man. Um, There's a legitimate question still and an emotional angsty question, but I think it's a straw man in the sense of it misses why people would be condemned. And there are differing views. We, we talked about this as well on a episode of what is hell or what is hell like or whatever in the past. I'm not sure if you were on that one, Pete, but we did one, I think, last season on that. Biblically. And, and that there's been differing views across Christianity of not differing views that there is a hell and there is condemnation and there is judgment. Like that's always been consistent, but to what degree, like, what does that look like? There's been some differing views, but the consensus has always been the same that we don't go to hell, uh, chiefly because of misinformation. We go to hell because of rebellion. And we understand that you brought up a, the case in Parkland, um, the justice that was meted out to that man was based on the crimes he had committed. And so you would you wouldn't like you know I've, I've talked about this before 
um, at least in sermons. But you wouldn't look at somebody like that. How long did the Parkland shooting take? You know, like, Not long. I don't know, less than an hour. Yeah. Like to do this thing. Um, you wouldn't look at that and be like, well, because his crimes, as terrible as they were, took 42 minutes, then he should be locked up for 42 minutes or whatever. Like that doesn't, we, none of us would do that. Mm -hmm. We would say it's based on the heinousness of those crimes that, that the verdict is rendered of either life in prison or death penalty. And pretty much everyone, no matter where they land on the political sphere, is agreeing with that yeah. to one degree or another, like one side or the other, at least life in prison, if not the death penalty. Um, because of the heinousness of the crimes, not because of how much time it took to commit them or other varying factors. So if God exists, and I know that's a big if for somebody like Rhett, but if God exists, and I would say the moral argument is one of many arguments that would say he does, there's plenty of evidence for that, then, then treachery committed against him would be of a cosmic nature or an infinite, uh, finite crimes bear finite consequence. And so if I cheat on my tax returns, there's a penalty for that, but it's not as severe as if I walk into a school and, and do something heinous. That's more severe. We understand that. A speeding ticket gets a $112 fee, fine. It's not as severe, but there's still... So, it, But if I commit a crime of a cosmic infinite quality or nature to it, then it would certainly logically follow that there would be cosmic consequence to that, infinite consequence to that. Um, and that is, that's the issue here. It's not that, oh, I didn't believe everything specifically like I was supposed to. It's rather that I never found rightness before a God that I had rebelled against, which, uh, you know, just made sense on so many judicial levels, like that we would understand. And that's the bigger issue. When you frame it the way that he frames it, it is a weak straw man that sounds ridiculous and absurd and intolerant to anybody. Like, oh, you didn't have everything figured out. And so you're literally going to burn for all eternity. That's way different than saying, if somebody came to my house and barbarized and murdered my family, um, and then I want justice. I want justice for that because that's wrong. All of us agree that's wrong. Even if the law said that's okay, we'd still be like morally, that's wrong. To say I want justice for that is not me being vindictive or wrong. It's saying that justice has been violated and there's a consequence to that that should be fulfilled. That's how we understand it. If there is a God, which I know he's pissed off at this God who doesn't exist or, or whatever people are. Um, but if he is there, that's a big question that needs to be answered. If he really is there, how I feel about his justice doesn't ultimately matter in this conversation. Like it just doesn't. It's Well, it does matter because that's 100% that's of what he's basing meaning his Meaning it doesn't on. matter ultimately. when it comes to truth. Right. Like what's true and not like my, my feeling about this, does, my feeling about Parkland and whether he should have gotten the death penalty or not doesn't change the verdict there, doesn't change the judicial system there. My feelings are still real and they matter to me, mm -hmm. but they don't matter ultimately in that and situation. The question he, he put in there at the beginning, why? Why do I have to believe in a God like this if? Basically, it's why do I have to believe in a God like this if I don't want to because of whatever? And our answer as Christians would be, we believe it's true. So it's like, which we talked about, if you walk off a cliff and you say, why do I have to believe in gravity? I want to fly. And I think it would be more fair and better if humans could fly. So I'm going to step yeah. off this cliff. You're going to fall and die, which we all know and we can test that. But that doesn't change whether or not it's true. And the same thing is if somebody has never 
jumped out of a space shuttle flying to the moon. It doesn't change the fact that you would die if that happened. Like we know that that would happen. And that's basically how we look at some of these answers is we believe it's true. And therefore, that's why you have to believe in it because it's true. And we feel like we have to believe in what's true. If you don't believe it's true and you disagree with that, I understand all that. But the answer is not, that question is not that hard of a question to me. If you really look at it, the answer is, if you believe it's true, you have to. If you don't believe it's true, no way. Don't believe in no that. No one has to believe in anything. Right. I, mean, I, I watched, did you did you watch that Challenger documentary on like Netflix? Or no. Whatever? Okay. But like they kind of knew that those, the O-rings there that were holding the, the whole thing together were fraying mm-hmm. because of the temperature and and they chose to like ignore that or, or they chose to live in disbelief of it that it could actually happen. And we all know what happened. And I think it was 86, like the challenger blew apart and everybody died and it had catastrophic consequence because people didn't want to believe it. Like not wanting to believe something that could have catastrophic consequence is not sufficient reason. We're living too much in that day, like everywhere, even in Christianity, where it's just like, oh, I don't like something or I don't have to believe that. So I'm not going to. That doesn't change not only the reality, but the consequence of not believing that reality that that that's an irrelevant, not very for somebody who's smart and someone who like we've tried to be gracious to and seems like a gracious guy himself. That's not a very conclusive argument at all to try to make of if I don't want it. If I don't, if I don't have to believe, guess what? You don't have to. It's, no one watching, no one listening has to believe anything. It's literally just ringing in my head a million analogies from the world and the sovereign citizen case that I've already referenced. It's like he literally doesn't believe that this oppressive government and law enforcement can tell him what to do. He does yeah. not. He refuses to yeah. believe that. It's like you drove a car through a parade full of people. Yeah, you can't do that. Whether you believe any of these people have subject matter jurisdiction over you it literally doesn't matter what yeah. you believe and he believed it trust me he put his life on the line for I it mean, and, and, and that's, it that's a great true. example of this whole thing just because you don't think you're subject to the laws exactly doesn't mean you're not subject to the laws. if you're wrong about what absolute truth is right if he is wrong about this he is still going to be subject to that and, law. The, and the guy in the case you keep referencing yeah. he could live in the bliss of that ignorance for a long time until he like broke one of those laws and then he has to find out the hard way even if he still refuses to believe it exactly that that was wrong like that's just yeah that's man sorry that's just not logical and he didn't bring up the cancer the pain the stuff like that which i think is the much more low-hanging fruit that a lot of people have objections to we've already done full episodes on there but they did a follow-up to this right link did his own we don't have enough time to do all of them, obviously, but he did a follow-up like my deconstruction a year later, and it was after Trump and the political turmoil and all this stuff. And he said, I've never, something like, and I'm summarizing, I've never felt better about my decision to deconstruct basically because I would never want to associate with white evangelical Christians in America because of how they're acting with Trump and with politics and, and all this stuff. And to me, that is, I think I called it a tale as old as time or his argument that I've heard a million times, which is, Because sinful humans sin, Christianity must be false. The Bible must be false. God must be horrible because we are stupid on earth and people that say they're Christians that are probably not, you know, I don't, I don't know anybody's heart, but probably not if they're acting in the way that he was referencing and being racists and horrible people and scumbags, they're probably not really Christians or true Christians. 
Yet yeah. that's going to be the evidence that Christianity and is by not that true. standard, you would never associate with any group of people. Any no if you one, knew what they actually once thought again, and believed. Once again, theologian or not theologian, skeptic, cynic, atheist, they're pretty much all admitting now the thinkers were all pretty jacked up and inconsistent with our confessions, whatever those confessions might be. We struggle, like the world is a heavy place. And to say, I don't want to associate with Christians because they're hypocritical or inconsistent would apply to everyone out there because every group of people struggle to live cons even uh, like look even the the agnostic the hopeful agnostics like struggle i would say more so to live consistent with that mm -hmm. because they're still trying to be like that doesn't even make sense so that's kind of a an oxymoron i hope hopeful not like to to say oh i hope it's all gonna work out but there's no evidence that it will when evidence is like the key element here that, that's supposed to convince me that there could be hope um, and then to live that way, to live as if there is purpose and ultimate joy and satisfaction, even though confessionally there's not, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. And so I think that's, look, try to be nice. We all virtue signal in our own way. That's just a way of like saying, Hey, you know what? Um, my crowd is, my crowd is going to like me more if I can bash Trump and white evangelicalism, Republicanism and conservatism. And I get all the problems with that. Like, um, that's why we try to be really honest here. You the, can bash any politician. Well, the Trump, the Trump party. brand of Christianity and the political brand of Christianity is very often not the true brand of Christianity. Correct. Like, and it's fine to say that, but to say it from a place of conviction and truth instead of just, oh, I'm glad I'm not associated with that group over and here because or over of there. Trump, you shouldn't be a Christian. Like that line of thinking to me is like, because Trump became president, you shouldn't be a Christian. It's like, I'm not Donald Trump, dude. Like, like w the way we look at Christianity and what real Christianity is, I believe it is true. And it is the way that would make things better. And it's a good discussion topic for people, but that doesn't have anything to do with yeah. the politics and Republican or Democrat and Biden or Trump or whatever. Like, that's the problem is that is, um, what do you say? Religious propaganda and yeah. evangelistic to come to his side. Those yeah. types of comments are "come be with me, not with those jerks." That that's what that's what it felt like to me when I was listening to it. Like you're throwing me in a group of people that I'm not in, and it's not yeah. fair to throw me in that group of and, people. And I want to like one one other thing that I think you know should be brought out is is Rhett and Link both are very careful, as many deconstructionists are, to say this is not a product of um, the culture that we're in right. or. Um, our upbringing or reaction to that. This is just a product of trying to discover and arrive upon truth. And I can respect that because that's what we're all trying to do. At the same time, and hopefully they would understand this and agree, like sociologists, psychologists, they all conclude we're all products of all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it's, 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 not, it, it's not tenable uh, to intellectually tenable to – to say that my upbringing hasn't influenced how I live my life now, that my exposure to Christianity, I think they're admitting that when they say things like the Trump brand of Christianity is like, we're, we're glad we divorced ourselves from that. They're saying that that negatively impacted us. There's certain things, uh, they do a podcast on the purity culture later on and how that, that negatively impacted a lot of people. Um, uh, you know, when taken too far and that becomes like the savior itself. Um, so I, I think that, uh, I think that everyone, like if, if, if you're watching and you're talking to somebody or you're listening and you're talking to somebody who's like walking down the path of deconstruction, I don't think it's insensitive to say, okay, underneath the stated reason 
for why you're doing this. Why else might you be doing this? Because there's always going to be this kind of like socially accepted, I'm enlightened, I'm an intellectually superior reason. But I would argue most of the time, if not all the time, it's in conjunction with something else that's there. And I'm not like, I'm honestly, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I know there are various factors. We're complex people, individuals, humanity's complex. It's not as simple as just, oh, my mind has been like jarred loose because of something. There's multiple factors at play, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, um, relationally, socially, that factor into all of this. And I think kind of uncovering those and addressing them if we're really intent on arriving at the truth instead of just doing what I want to do and not wanting to submit to God. But if we're really intent on arriving at the truth, I think uncovering and talking through those things is really, it seems to me, could be wrong, I don't know them. But it seems to me when you listen to some of the other follow-up episodes of this, there was a lot more at play for Rhett and for Link than just cerebrally. I had some yeah. issues here. No, I agree. Yeah. And I think he says that with the move to California. I mean, I think that yeah. you know, that opening your eyes to that culture says a lot. So I think it's a really interesting discussion. If you guys like this kind of format. Let us know. We can do more of it. We can play more of the YouTube videos that that we react to. If something comes along that you find interesting or compelling or thought-provoking, you can let us know in the comments as well. But I think it's really interesting. And it's it's sad to me that it is so evangelistic with millions of people watching and yeah. thinking that, you know, this is the way to go. Um, and I think it is an interesting discussion. Anything that you believe in life as a worldview or religion or whatever it is that he is at is going to have unanswerable questions. Um, there's going to be a better way in our mind that we could do it than whatever it is that we believe. Why do I have to believe in a world that I live and I die? And then it's just nothing after, why do I have to believe in that? You know, you could ask that about anything that you believe. And I think it's, it's okay to be there. And I actually really liked his, his discussion on it's okay to not have certainty around everything. For sure. I think it's, That's I life. Think it's better than okay. I think it's good. What did you say? 30% of our brain or whatever, or 0.3%, whatever <laughs> I, that I we use? I told you my last week, 0.003%. Uh, I mean, Can but, I tell you when you said that? I was like, that's plenty of reality for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, need honestly, any more like, that. Like, I don't no, we, don't, we don't have a concept of history. We don't have a concept of what's going on around the world right now, of the universe. So, I mean, like, there's so much that we mm-hmm. just don't know. Like, we're only aware of, like, what our little environment is. And even that we're not fully aware of. So, um, but... Just like, so that's an admittance. There are things that we're not certain about, but what scripture is calling us to is not to be certain about everything, including creation or eschatology with a full degree of certainty concerning all those things. But when it comes to justification and to the supremacy of God and to him as judge and the creator and the savior and what it means to be right with God, those are the things, there's a few things that we do need to be certain on and that scripture gives us clarity to arrive at certainty upon so anyway i really appreciate you guys uh following along like peter's been saying drop drop comments in or questions in or send them in to info at building 28 and uh hey if this is interesting we'll do some follow-up on it thanks for listening to out of odds if you enjoyed this episode share it with your friends and leave us a review on apple podcasts spotify or anywhere you listen Out of Oz is produced by Building 28 Church and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about this show and Building 28 by visiting outofozpodcast.com. 
New episodes drop every Monday, and you can get each one automatically by subscribing in your favorite podcast app. Thank you.